Do you enjoy learning about the Fox Cities? Do you enjoy discovering new bands? I invite you to join me every Saturday morning from 9 to 10 a.m. for Fox Cities Core on WCZR Code Zero Radio. Fox Cities Core is a live and interactive interview show. Every week we bring you an artist and give you an opportunity to be a part of the show. For more information, go to live.codezeroradio.com or find us on YouTube by searching for Fox Cities Core. You're listening to Fox Cities Murder and Mayhem, your bi-weekly dose of true crime history in a small rural community of Wisconsin. everybody welcome back to another episode of fox city's murder and mayhem i'm eric i'm gavin gavin once again <laughs> doing another fox city's murder and mayhem yep which is good yeah that means that means he's got more stories so yeah 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 after this uh after today i still i know i have an oshkosh one ready and i have at least two more green bay ready i've got a wyoiga ready i mean they're not like ready to go they're the notes have been started. Yeah, yeah, we got some stuff for a little bit. And I'm very excited because... Somebody came up and told me another story just a few days ago. Really? Yeah. <laughs> so they just never... There, there is a never-ending supply of Yeah, someone's like, yeah, my great uncle, this and that. I'm like, oh, yeah, okay. I'm like, I didn't heard that one. Well, and I like... Originally, he was going to do an Oshkosh story today, but I got him turned around and... Took us straight back to Kakana. Yeah. So we're, we're going back to Kakana again. We're back in Kakana. And actually, I'm really surprised we haven't done this one already, but I don't think we did. I'm pretty sure we didn't do this. Okay. I, what is, what, well, we'll find out very shortly, I think. You know what it is. You printed it. Well, I didn't read it. Oh, okay. <laughs> I'm like, I feel like we would have, because this is a story that people know this story. I feel like we would have done it, but maybe I purposely didn't do it because there's no murder in it. Oh, that could be. Yeah. So maybe I skipped it because we were. I really was focusing on the murder stories for a while. So, do you think I will actually know this story as you tell it? Like, just even if we didn't do it. I mean, not. It's not like everybody knows this story, but it's surprising. It's ninety-five years ago, and people still know this story. Sometimes I'm really shocked at what things remain in the public okay. consciousness. Is that, is that enough? Is that enough build up? Yes, for I think we've built her up. Okay. <laughs> Today's story is the Bank of Kakana robbery. Oh yeah, I did know that. Yeah, uh, but I did not know that ever happened. Okay. So. Okay. So this is in 1930, and right off the bat, I got to give credit here. An earlier version of this was written by Rebecca Wellhouse or Becky. I've expanded it significantly. I really made it my own, but I but I have to give her credit because it was like the core of what I took it from. And where did she, what was is she a news? A no, so or? Becky was a member of the Kakana Historical Society, okay, which has since been dissolved. And so she wrote the article. I believe she wrote it for their newsletter, their monthly newsletter. I could be mistaken where it actually ran. I believe that's where it was. Okay. Around 1930, there was an epidemic of bank robberies in the United States and in Wisconsin specifically, largely connected to the Great Depression. I will tell you, uh, I had started a couple years ago, I started to collect the stories on the bank robberies in Wisconsin in the 1930s. And maybe someday I'll do something with that because there were a lot. Mm -hmm. And there were even bank robbery gangs active in Wisconsin that 
have been forgotten completely because everybody remembers the big names that, you know, the more national names, some of whom are going to come up in this episode. But I'd, I'd love to tell some more just like the Wisconsin stories about what was going on at the time. Today, we're just going to focus on one of those. I'm curious, and you probably don't know have an answer to this. Did they inevitably, because I understand like maybe people just weren't robbing banks without until the depression came because people mm-hmm. weren't desperate enough for for that money. But then I would assume if they started doing it and were having success with it, mm-hmm. after the depression, they would just continue to do it or it would still be a heightened level. Was there something that had to happen to kill that off or do you have no idea? I don't know specifically. I can tell you that it definitely picked up a lot during the Great Depression. One, because people were desperate. And two, because at this point, like cars are becoming really, everybody has one. So getting away is probably a lot easier. Yeah. In the 1920s, they were common. Horses still were around. By the 30s, everybody had a car. Once the getaway car was a thing, it was easier to do. What kind of tapered them off? I don't know, because bank robberies continued at least through the 60s, if not the 70s. And I, I guess what ultimately really put a stop to them was one, I mean, improved surveillance, closed-circuit television. Cash isn't really a thing. Mm-hmm. It's definitely, today, that's why bank robberies don't happen. Because back then, you rob a bank and you say, oh, haha, I got $50,000. Today, if you try to rob a bank, I mean, uh, what are you going to get? Like $2,000? They're going to be like, what, do you want our computer with all the numbers in it? Right. (laughs) It's, they don't carry cash the way that they used to. And on top of the fact that they've got the cameras, they've got that funny little thing by the door that measures how tall you are. The second you walk out of there, they know your height. They've got your picture. You're not getting away. So it's kind of funny because the way you describe it, it almost sounds like, Great Depression started bank robbery as a thing. I mean, obviously I mean, they happened before, yeah, but, but I mean, they got more popularized. It it definitely took off well, in popularity. Yeah, yeah, it had been. I mean, it had been around. Bank robberies had been around for a long time. Stagecoach robberies, you know, train robberies. These were all things. Mm-hmm. But yeah, definitely the thirties was like the height, the height of it. And yeah, then, but then it still kind of remained once security got to the point where they could basically yeah. eliminated it. It that I mean, they hung around for thirty years before really security got to the yeah. point where they could take them take it out out as a problem. Definitely That's interesting. Oh, and I should say, not that bank robberies don't exist today because banks do get robbed. Oh, they do. Yeah, yeah. but it's an absolutely foolish thing to do. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's what's the, what's the uh, clearance rate, the solve rate on <laughs> bank robberies today? I'd say damn near a hundred percent. Yeah. I have no idea. I don't know. I mean, I could be wrong on that, but I would be really shocked if you had a good chance of getting away for more than a day or two. I I just, uh, I say that because on a previous podcast, we had talked about a bank robbery and I said that bank robberies weren't really a thing anymore. Mm -hmm. And then somebody informed me that my mother, who used to work at a bank, her bank got robbed. (laughs) So so I want to be very clear. Yes, banks still get robbed. It's just they do. not very common. Yeah, they do. <laughs> I mean, it's you can look it up, and they're definitely they still get robbed. But it's it's just, it's stupid. It's <laughs> I mean, all robbery is stupid, but that's one of the stupidest, stupidest ones. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, let's get let's get to their story. Yep. 
It's September 23rd, 1930. The Bank of Kakana at that time is at the corner of Law Street and Wisconsin Avenue. So for people not familiar with Kakana, that's like one of the main corners right in the middle of town. It was robbed in broad daylight by five unmasked men with revolvers. One man stayed in a dark Cadillac sedan with the motor running, while two other men covered bank employees and patrons with their guns. A third man stood guard at the door, and a fourth cleaned out the bank cages and one vault and put the loot into bags. The men ordered everyone, including the customers, to lie on the floor face down while they jumped over the railing. Their ages were estimated to be in their late 20s. Three employees of the bank were herded into the vault, and according to a story later told by the son of the bank president, one of the bandits said, We're going to have a board meeting. Everybody into the vault. (laughs) The employees were able to escape quickly due to a recently installed safety device that meant you you couldn't be locked inside. Good device to install. Evidently, the robbers were disappointed in the paltry amount of loot, estimated by the cashier at somewhere between $25,000 and $40,000 in cash and securities. And when was this? 1930. Well, that sounds like a lot of money in 1930, I agree. I actually think that sounds like a lot. Yeah, I can't believe they were disappointed by that. (laughs) Yeah. The assistant cashier got slugged with a gun, got pistol whipped, when he told them that there was no more money to give them. Yeah, I mean, I feel like they did pretty good. The newspapers speculated that the bandits were hoping that the Thilmany Pulp and Paper payroll had recently been deposited. I, I personally find that extremely unlikely. Unless these were, like, local guys, I don't know how they would even know that there's a paper mill that has a big payroll getting deposited. Maybe. I guess something they could have done their research, but I feel like it's not something like bank robbers do. It's like, oh, well, if we show up, we'll get the paper mill money. I don't know. Maybe they do. Well, in in the 30s, would they have paid cash? You know, I don't know. That's an interesting question. I would assume it would be like some sort of check, right? And I don't would, know. In which case, there wouldn't really be cash. It's actually but, a really good question. Yeah, that's weird. I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, I don't know how people got paid in the 30s. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I I agree. I would assume it'd be they'd get a check, a paycheck, but but maybe, maybe an envelope of cash. I don't know. Yeah. yeah. Carl Runty was surprised when he walked in the door and ran into the bandits making their escape. He got a gun butt to the head for his being a trifle slow and obeying the command to lie down on the floor, or they would shoot him. Runty recovered and ran for the door to get a glimpse of the robbers in their Cadillac as they took up Wisconsin Avenue and turned north on Denoyer Street. The other employees in the bank at the time were A.L. Bayorgen and Clarence Astro. Customers in the bank were Herman Beyer, Mrs. Al Malley, Mrs. Ida Kroll, and Mrs. Joseph Carey. None of these matter, but if people you know, know these <laughs> names, then they're like, oh, cool. Oh. <laughs> All right. Witnesses said the robbery was carried on with such precision as to indicate practice. These were clearly professionals. The men all were described as being of medium size. They were well-dressed. The leader was dark and shorter than his companions and had a black mustache. Mrs. Almalley of De Pere is certain that at least one of the robbers of the Bank of Kukana must have had a good bringing up. 
<laughs> While his fellows were punching officers and patrons of the bank who made the mistake of moving during the robbery, one of the men assisted her to a chair so she could be comfortable. She had been ill and was at the teller's window to draw money to finance an operation. The excitement made her dizzy, and one of the bandits, apparently noticing that she was dizzy, exempted her from the command to lie on the floor and helped her to that chair. That's a, that's a well, nice guy. Yeah, that's a classy guy. He said, why, certainly, lady. <laughs> he led me by the arm to a chair and said, just keep your head covered. He didn't even watch me. Once when I kind of looked up, he glanced over and said, be sure to keep your head covered. We don't want to hurt you. It's too bad they don't earn their money honestly. Even in all that excitement, that one fellow didn't forget to be a gentleman. That's an this, amazing... This is an absolutely real quote from the paper. <laughs> yeah, that is an amazing quote from the paper. On the other hand, Ida Kroll, at one of the windows, holding a $20 bill that she wanted changed, saw it snatched right from her hands. <laughs> She didn't think they were gentlemen at all. Police were called, and less than 15 minutes later, the chief of police and assistant chief were hot on the trail of the bandits. They were able to trace them as far as Pulsifer, which I don't really know where Pulsifer is. Do you know where Pulsifer is? I have is? never heard of Pulsifer. Okay. But... Where the trail was lost as a result of several diverging roads, which could have been taken by the robbers. Also investigating were the sheriff, the undersheriff, and even the assistant district attorney. On the Saturday following the bank robbery, a posse of about 20 men left for the northern part of the state near Crandon on an unsuccessful chase, following a tip that the robbers of the bank of Kakana had been located there. A year later, there was a small mention in the Appleton Post-Crescent that the bank of Kakana robbery still had not been solved and that the bank had since been equipped with bulletproof glass. The railing, which the robbers had jumped over, had been extended to make it much harder to jump over. Wires charged with electricity had been strung along the top of the office cages to prevent anyone from leaping over them. So nobody was going to rob this bank again. I, I, I have I have information for you. So, oh, where Pulsifer is? Yes, Pulsifer, Pulsifer appears to be just, I'm going to say, east of Cecil on Highway 22. Okay, so where's Cecil? I know Cecil, where I know where Cecil is, Cecil but tell is, us where Cecil is. Is right on Shawano Lake. Okay. I, I figure I guess I guess that is a valid point. Yeah. I just would assume everybody would know where Cecil is, but yeah. That, Why would people know where Cecil <laughs> that that's true. I don't know. Why do I know where Cecil is? I know where I know where Cecil is because we had to go through it to get to where my grandmother grew up, to my great grandparents' house. What is like a thousand people live there? Yeah. Like, why would you know where Cecil is? Because it's kinda like a that's where everybody goes to get on Shano Lake. Okay. So, you know, All mean, right. And for people who don't know where Shano Lake is, it's near Shauna. Yes. All right. <laughs> Federal agents and U.S. Attorney Thomas J. Morrissey, this is this is months, months later, recovered stolen bonds hidden in a room occupied by mining engineer Ray Walter Blackett in Denver, Colorado. A $500 bond was found that traced to the robbery of Black Earth, Wisconsin in May 1930, and another bond traced to the Bank of Kakana robbery. Blackett was found with $9,000 in bonds. Morrissey, the U.S. attorney, said that this definitely connected the Denver men with the John Dillinger gang. I'm just leaving that out there. (laughs) 
According to the newspaper, Morrissey specifically said that Dillinger stole $6,000 in cash and $25,000 in securities from Black Earth in Wisconsin. So they did not quote him exactly. So it's hard to know what he said. They said that he said this, but they didn't like put it in quotes. So I don't know how he phrased it. Okay. Gotcha. We'll come back to why I have issues with this. Blackett's connection to the bonds or any of these bank robberies is quite a mystery through census records, marriage licenses, draft board forms, and everything. Like, I wanted to know, who the heck is Ray Blackett? I know he was born in Battle Creek, Michigan. He spent virtually his entire life in Denver, always worked for mining companies. He was married many times, none of them to anybody suspicious. The oddest thing I could find about him is that when he did finally pass away, he, he died in Mexico, which nothing like really strange about that, except you know why was he in Mexico? Mexico yeah, kind of weird. Doesn't mean anything. Who Ray Blackett was and why he had the stolen loot from Wisconsin robberies, I don't know. Now, what did you say he had? Did he he just had a single bill that they could trace back to it, or what was it? So he had nine thousand dollars in bonds, including five hundred dollars from Black Earth. And another one, it doesn't doesn't say the amount, but another one from the Bank of Kukana. They're bonds. They're not bills. They're like savings bonds. Okay. Or liberty bonds. I don't know what they are. They're no, bonds. bonds. Some sort of piece of paper with money value to it. Yeah. yeah. Another year passes, and then the January 1st, 1937, Apple, actually, this is more than a year. This is, I mean, a year after some of this other stuff, but like this is almost seven years later from the original robbery. The Appleton Post-Crescent has one sentence in the paper, no headline even. Loot from the Bank of Kakana robbery in 1930 was recovered in Denver, and the holdup was attributed to the Dillinger gang. Just completely random. Mm -hmm. They have this remark in the paper. Here's where I take issue with this. All right. A small piece of the money was found in Denver with this guy. That's true. Okay. The part I take issue with is this Dillinger thing. Because at first they're like, oh, this is Dillinger. Here, the Post-Crescent says the Dillinger gang. It doesn't say John Dillinger specifically. It says the gang. Maybe that's a little better. I don't know. We do know John Dillinger was in Wisconsin sometimes. He did did rob a Racine bank. That happened. Okay. He had his infamous shootout at the Little Bohemia Lodge up in Manitowish Waters. Okay. So we know that he hung out in northern Wisconsin. Here's the problem. He was in jail during the Kakana <laughs> bank robbery. I can tell you with 100% certainty, John, John Dillinger, Dillinger did not rob the bank of Kakana. But it could have been his gang. Right. I, I say it's possible members of his gang were involved without him, mm-hmm. without specific suspects identified. It would be hard for me to confirm it or you know or rule it out like if you say oh it was john dillinger i could say no 100 percent, it wasn't john dillinger but if you say it was this member of his gang i i mean if you give me a name i can tell you where he was but if you just say the dillinger gang it's so vague because at different points in time like different guys were in and out of this gang depending on who was in jail at the time just saying like the dillinger gang is like a catch-all like it doesn't tell you who did anything when maybe I missed this and you already said this, do did the newspaper say where they're getting the concept that it could be Dillinger involved? 
or are they just saying that because he was robbing banks at this point in time, he was the big name. So that was just the name they threw out there. See, that's the second part is, is, is what I get out of it because that's why I want to know what the actual quote is that the guy says when they find the bonds, because I don't know what the U S attorney, what the prosecutor is actually claiming that connects the Dillinger gang to these bonds. I would love to know. Okay, so he just kind of basically said that these could possibly be Dillinger, have come from the Dillinger gang. Right. And But they didn't, but, but they he didn't never quote explains, him. Yeah, they never... He, they didn't quote him. So the paper says that these connected the stolen bonds to Dillinger. But what does that mean? Did, mm. did, what did the guy actually say? Did he did he say, "Oh, this looks like something that the Dillinger gang would do"? Was he just like a general statement? statement yeah, and they took that and ran with it. I don't know because there's nothing here. They don't they don't have an eyewitness saying, "Yep, it looks like this guy in a mugshot." They don't have anything actually connecting it to any real person. Mm-hmm. The it is never so the bank robbery is never solved, and I'm not saying it's not some member of the Dillinger gang or some members of the Dillinger gang. It's a possibility. To me, it reads like we've got all these bank robbery gangs active in the 30s, some of whom are local. There's the bank robbery gangs that were like based out of Fond du Lac, mm-hmm. and as what this is the same complaint I always make about the Capone stuff. Is that? Oh well, of course the most famous bank robber is John Dillinger. <laughs> yeah. So, so we're gonna we're gonna say, oh, unsolved bank robbery, Dillinger gang. <laughs> yeah, must have been Dillinger. <laughs> yeah. And to me, unless you have like one piece of evidence, that's some speculation. What's what's any evidence here? The only evidence I have is that he was in jail. That so would, it, would lead me to believe that that's it wasn't his guys. Again, it could have it could have been some members of his. I don't know. It's unless I saw some actual thing of why they would suspect them as opposed to anybody else. I feel like it was just a name they threw out. What did Dillinger have? I don't know anything about Don John Dillinger, so sure. it's probably a really stupid question. Did he somehow have ties to to Denver? Because it does seem interesting that the money they did recover was all in Denver, right? Yeah, I mean, not, and, not and really. That, did I miss that? There was two instances where they recovered money in Denver from the... Well, it was one instance that they recovered. They recovered $9,000, and at least, I don't know what the rest of it traced to, if it traced to anything, but at least two of them were traced back to Wisconsin bank robberies. But what was the thing you were saying when seven years later in the Post Crescent had an article? That was just, I don't know. It's like them throwing it out, being like, hey, remember there was a bank robbery and it was, oh, and it was probably, probably. So they were it just. Says, it says it's attributed to the Dillinger gang. Uh huh. Attributed by who? So seven years later, they wrote an article just referencing the money that had been recovered in. See that, but this is the thing. Like, this is why people still, some people, I mean, most people probably have never heard this story, but some people still in Kakana will be like, oh, yeah, did you hear that John Dillinger (laughs) was here and he robbed the bank? Because they don't know the story. Mm -hmm. They know that piece, that piece that is hung on where somebody threw out the name of John Dillinger. So now they're like, 
Isn't that cool? We got that Dillinger connection here that he was at the bank. Like, no, he personally was never there. That's a guarantee. But that's what makes it like people remember it because the Dillinger name is still remembered. Interesting. But yeah, I mean, what his connection to Denver would be, I don't know. He was primarily like an Indiana guy. So he was in Indiana, Illinois, Wisconsin. I mean, Denver's a bit of a hike. Yeah. And if there's no evidence to suggest that he was ever down in Denver... Which we probably don't have enough research. I am not an expert on John Dillinger, but I I don't know what his link to Denver would be. That's really kind of outside of his territory. I think it would be safe to say, and tell me what you think of this, that it probably was not one of the in-state groups. Not one of the... Okay, where are you going with that? Well, the reason I say that is just because the fact that the only money ever recovered was down in Denver, it suggests that these bank robbers were traveling okay around and around and around so that leads you to believe it's it's a bigger more mobile gang gang, yeah okay i mean that's reasonable and i could be dead wrong it could be that the guy that robbed the bank took a trip down to denver and spent a bunch of money and then they recovered the money and they're like and that was the only time he was ever down there it's it's possible i mean who knows we we don't have we don't have enough pieces to really get a good answer to this but yeah, that's that's a fair it's a fair point that if the money ends up in Denver, that it's less likely it's a bunch of guys who never left Wisconsin. Yes. So everybody out there that's listening to this, the next time you want to say Don John Dillinger robbed a bank in Kakana, mm-hmm. remember when he was supposedly robbing the bank, he was in prison. Yeah, <laughs> so. I don't know how often people want to say that, but if they if they've heard that story, <laughs> Sorry, that's... I will tell you a hundred percent. John Dillinger was not in Kukona. <laughs> John Dillinger himself. It could have been his gang. But could, have been his, could have been his gang. But definitely not him. So. I mean, maybe maybe we'll do a follow-up and I'll tell the Black Earth bank robbery, which is not Fox Cities remotely, because it does kind of connect. Maybe we'll maybe we'll talk about that one. Where is Black Earth? Nowhere near here. I believe, and someone will correct me. You got the Google, but I think it's like Southwest Wisconsin. Let's we'll leave our we'll we'll leave our listeners with where Black Earth is. Okay, Black Earth, Wisconsin. Black Earth, Wisconsin is. I have no idea where we are. I know that there's a CBD shop near it. <laughs> That's not helpful. Evan, you were pretty good. Yeah. You were pretty good, Gavin. Yeah, it's 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 west. Of Madison, a little bit northwest. I mean, okay, northwest. So, like, more like Baraboo. The closest city that I see that I know the name of would be Mount Orab, but Mount Orab is not very close to it. Okay, so <laughs> it's between Mount Orab and Prairie du Sac, okay. Sauk City. Okay, so sure. Okay, it's in between though, like almost mid, right in the middle of the two. Okay. So. So, so yeah, maybe we'll go down and take that out and see what else John Dillinger could possibly have been involved yeah. in, but probably not. And Was like he I, in prison for this one too? I don't remember offhand. I like I said, like I already had pulled a lot of material on Wisconsin bank robbery. So I've I've got that started already. Have you looked we, at, we can do it. Were these two robberies within months, years? Do you know that off the I topic? believe it was within the same year. Okay. I believe it was. Cause, so that could suggest that it was the same gang yeah. traveling around robbing banks. Yeah, so. I mean, don't don't quote me. Like again, it's been, it's been a few years since this the bank robbery project was something I considered doing. I do a lot of things that I start and then decide that that's not what I'm going to end up doing. That's part of what being a writer is: is doing a bunch of projects that never actually go anywhere. <laughs> 
But yeah, we can, I mean, it's, like I said, it's not remotely Fox Cities. But we we have at least, a, we've created that link now. Oh, so. yeah. And I think I think this is a kind of a neat trail to go down. Yeah. Because what if, what if this gang was just traveling all over the state of Wisconsin, robbing yeah. banks? And I think that's, that that's not out of the realm of possibility by any means. No. Okay. All right. Well, we'll, we'll that... come. We'll come back to we'll add that to the list. Some sooner or later, we'll do another bank robbery story. With that, we can wrap this episode up. Unless you got anything else you want to add, Gavin? No, that's that's it. I just I remembered we had a Kakana story available to us, and I was like, oh, well, we're yeah. always <laughs> we're always got to do Kakana yeah, stories. We're always looking for Kakana stories. Yeah. All right, then we will be back in the near future with a new episode. If not, if we if it's not the next session, you'll get a rerun. The way we've been pumping these out, it might be a new episode. So, yeah. as usual, we thank everybody for your continued support, and we will see you on the next episode. All right, thank you. Thanks for tuning in to Fox City's Murder and Mayhem. Join us in two weeks for another exciting episode of Murder and Mayhem. 